0: Before we get this episode started, I just want to say I recorded for about an hour, hour and a half with Matty Wood. We had a great time. We drank a bit, still feeling it a little bit. Uh, We talked about our tag team draft. We talked about a little side bet that he had. We might have gotten into some detail on that. But what I wanted to say first, is, if you're you're listening to this, I'm trying to pump this out before 12 a.m. on uh, March the 9th. It's 11 o'clock right now at Eastern Standard Time. If you are listening to this, vote for FDN Fantasy Sports baseball, whatever Matty Wood's podcast is in the baseball bracket. Let's see if we can make this respectable. Give him a vote, give him a follow, underscore Matty Wood underscore. We get into how that name originated too. So enjoy the episode, but vote, follow, do your thing. Enjoy. I am pumped to be collaborating with Rotaballer for the 2021 baseball season. My Draft Champions Podcast will be joining the Rotoballer Radio Podcast Network. For a while now, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball fanatics. They are fixed for in depth MLB analysis, tools, and player news. The site and the team is bigger and better than ever, with articles, tools and podcasts for everyone, including contributions from me. If you haven't heard RotoBallers 2021 MLB draft kit is live and all Draft Champions listeners can get 10% off RotoBallers draft kit by using the discount code champions. RotoBaller is home to number 1 fantasy pros accuracy rankers Nick Mariano and Ariel Cohen. Both Nick and Ariel's 2021 rankings and projections are available as part of RotoBaller premium draft kit. Along with printable cheat sheets, our top draft sleepers, more than 300 player outlooks and tons of great draft tools and in-season tools. All of this premium fantasy baseball goodness from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with the discount code CHAMPIONS. Just go to rotoballer.com backslash radio, get your premium pass today, and win big in 2021. Welcome to the draft champions podcast. I am here with Matthew Davis. How are you doing?
1: I'm swell. Uh, Thank you for having me on. Both of us are enjoying a glass of red wine and we are going to be discussing a plethora of topics regarding fantasy baseball, including the tag team draft that we had a couple of weeks ago. So I'm excited to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Cheers.
0: Cheers. Cheers to the tag team draft. And um, let's um, let's get fucked up.
1: Mm. The people want that
0: <laughs> yeah we'll see I mean, yeah we'll, we'll see what happens so we're, we're just getting we're just getting started now so the first thing that we wanted to talk about because um we uh, this has been sort of a long time coming um getting um getting you on this podcast to talk about the tag team draft that you set up with the nfbc so i really appreciate um being included in this and i was partnered up with michael curland who's a good friend of mine and we um did this draft how long ago
1: uh almost three weeks ago now uh, three weeks ago now i think um i think it was the second to last weekend of february so yeah a few weeks ago now so there's so been lots of time definitely changed yeah things have changed um if you look at this board it won't you know mirror another board if we did this draft again with the same team same players same drafts it would uh same draft slots i'm sorry uh it wouldn't look the same of course because that's the evolution of uh, fantasy baseball as the time goes on through spring training. So it's always fun to, you know, dissect some of these boards and, and, and give some credit and then talk some shit. So I'm excited to get into it. That's what this is all about. It's
0: like, it's a game and you can talk shit. And, um, and then you go, you can, you can let the, you can let the stats do the talking after that.
1: That's right. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I even got a, a side bet going. Uh, I, I saw that because of that. So. and I, and
0: you know what? Like, listen. Like, if you're gonna get that, like, like I don't know, is upset the word, but just uh, like, it, like it's literally the season starts in like two or three weeks. So just like, wait, like, see, let the stats do the talking. Like, you don't need, like, it's it's not like you have to argue it because guess what? We're gonna find out who's a better team eventually.
1: Yeah. And there's uh, you know, there's three components. So there's the draft that we already had. There's the grinding of the fab continuously for all 26 weeks. And then you have the setting of the lineup. So the bi-weekly hitters and setting your pitching for the week. So there's a lot of components that go into a league like this. It's not an overall, it's a standalone. And um, I think that my partner, Zach Betancourt and I have had plenty of experience in these drafts and leagues. We've been in super, um auctions that are standalones as well so um yeah I'm, I'm i'm quite excited and eager now that the league seems to be getting a little bit more heated as well which That's makes good. it a lot more fun absolutely I, I like- i'm enjoying i'm enjoying uh the fantasy baseball community or industry whatever you want to call it I, i'm glad that people are getting a little spicy
0: i like so it it's, it's, it's not yeah. like it's not life or death here we're talking a game And, you know, even, even if I'm getting my ass kicked, I don't mind some trash talk. You can, you can, you can kick me when I'm down. It doesn't matter. It's all, it's for, it's for fun. You're, you're, you're only, you're entering these leagues because you can afford, you can afford to lose. So. Yeah. And if you're not, then, 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 you got a problem, but you know, you know, what I'd li- you know, you know I, I, I might have a problem, but um, you know what I'd like to see I'd love to see advanced stats for fantasy players. And I'm just thinking this now. It wasn't in, it wasn't in our agenda, but it's like, like because I, I'm thinking this, because you said it's, there's three components. There's a draft, there's the fab and there's setting lineups. So I'd like to see who I'd like to see like the performance evaluated based on your draft. So like, say you drafted Fernando Tatis and you exploded in the first round. That was a good pick but there's also optimal lining lineup setting so who who did you leave on your bench so you can say that oh well you left this many um roto points or whatever standing standings games points on the bench because you made a suboptimal lineup decision and there's also um there would also be um i guess bad luck injuries or just players um that were sitting um unexpectedly at the uh, and and you had them in the lineup so i'd like to see who you could measure like the skill, your fantasy skill, if somebody had the time to sit down and, and sift through all these lineups like that.
1: Yeah, that's well above my head. Um, Smada or Alex Chamberlain would be the two people I would recommend that would, or even KJ Duke. Those are the guys that uh, would be able Perfect. to think of something unique and creative like that. I like that. That's a cool idea. Um, I'm, not, I'm sure as hell not it. doing it. Well, oh, of course, yeah, just having like some sort of red, you know, colors in red and colors in green with uh, some sort of analytical data in, you know, weighing how the fantasy player is actually doing through the whole process. That's well,
0: interesting. That sounds perfect because um, Smada and Alex Chamberlain, now Alex Chamberlain and KJ Duke, none of them listen to this podcast. So um, I don't think this is going to happen.
1: My wife just brought brought me more wine. Thank you. Thank you. I have the whole bottle now. So, uh, no more interruptions. We're good.
0: That wasn't an interruption. That was, That's now that's part of the podcast. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> interrupting it, it, it now that that now resides in this recording. So it how, are,
1: how are you, how are you and Mike? Have you guys talked about your team, um, since drafting? How are you guys feeling about it? Um, we're feeling better about it now. Um, I, I,
0: I was texting with him, um, probably about for a good hour today because, uh, me and Mike usually text every day, especially during baseball season. And, um, yeah, we're feeling, we're feeling better about it. We were, we, we, we didn't really like our team. Um, well, to be honest with you, he, he, during the draft, he was, he was really, he was really down on the team during the draft. I think he was getting like a couple of the picks made us a little bit flustered. It's our first time drafting together. But since then, I'm like some of the team some of the picks that we've made, like near the end of the draft have seemed to really, um, pan out more than, um, more than they look like, um, more than they looked at the time. So I think our main concern was that we sort of were boxed out of the outfield um, when we first um, after the draft, but um, since then, Miles um, Straw is one of our picks um, in round 23. Um, he's now going earlier than that now because it looks like he's going to lead off. So that that's a pick that we that that uh, turned out to be in our favor. Um, even Jaron Duran um, is is gaining some steam now that Franchi Cordero is probably not going to start with the team that gives you a glimmer of hope that he might be up a little bit earlier. And then Nick Senzel, who's one of our picks again, um, there was an article about him saying that he um, is going to be the um, the leadoff hitter there, but we don't, but still, we don't know if that's true or not. And I know you're a big Senzel guy as well. We talked about that before.
1: Yeah. There's a couple of um, hitters similar to Nick Senzel um, that, Uh, we were going to talk about a little bit later on. If you want to get into them now, we can uh, starting at the top with Kyle Tucker and then moving down to Trent Grisham. I think that there's other guys that are similar in comparison that are going, going later. So um, Tucker's obviously going before Grisham. And then after Grisham, you have guys like Austin Meadows, who I like in a similar comparison. And then you have somebody like Dylan Carlson um, a couple rounds later. And then, um, like Nixon Zell, you mentioned, I think that he can provide a similar tool set. Uh, if, I mean, what if he does lead off Shogo Akiyama didn't do much to, you know, secure that job last year when he got a lot of opportunities to do so. And I I think they're going to want to see what they have in him. So if he's healthy and it sounds like he is, and the manager has given coach speak about him being at the top of the lineup. Um, he could be bullshitting us, but you're not paying a price uh, for that, and I'm I'm here for it.
0: Right, um, and um, another guy there is Brendan Rogers. Who's similar. These are the these are your post hype guys that um, you can sort of take shots on at at the at these at these stages of this of this um, draft of Fab because if they completely bust out then or bust not bust out but you can you can drop them right not like not like your draft champions leagues. Now, Sinzel is one of the guys that I've noticed in recent drafts, and i you know, I have the motto ABD always be drafting. Um, he's moving up even, even, even with no assurance of an everyday role. So he's still moving up in drafts, just I guess for his upside. Have you noticed that? Uh,
1: so looking over the last two weeks, his ADP is now two thirty three with a min of two hundred one. So. That definitely is creeping up. I know um, this is only over the last two weeks. So before that, if you go over a month, I, I think it was uh, 250 North or something like that. So it's definitely sliding a little bit. And and that could be because of, you know, the noise of him possibly being the leadoff hitter there. I like the ballpark. I like the division. I like the lineup, you know, the hitters behind him. I think there's mm-hmm. plenty of potential. Um, he, he's, you know, it's... It, People get tired. They're not the shiny new toy anymore, and and uh, people are drafting uh, Kellenic before guys like this. Wasn't Nixon Zell the next Jared Kellenic before Jared <laughs> Um, You know, but Jared Kellenic has a fucking or I'm sorry, Nixon Zell has a fucking job. Kellenic well, doesn't, it, and he's hurt. Well,
0: the
2: hurt. thing is, once, gotta...
0: once 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 Kellenic's healthy and he's up, he's going to play every day. It's the thing that stands yeah
1: people, people yeah, are but, are the, long but the thing is though is Nick Senzel was highlighted just like Jared Kelnick and now you're getting this let's say hypothetically the same guy the same pedigree going later and one guy isn't even going to be up until let's say mid-April hopefully he has a grade two groin strain apparently like that could even take longer than that so maybe he's not up until May and now you're getting five months of him and And just because we want to project or predict something amazing for him, because what we've seen on Twitter and you know on videos of what he's doing in winter ball and in the fall league and and in the you know spring training, still haven't seen him in the bigs, man. And you know, um, I don't know. I just think like I think Nick Senzel is just a perfect example of he was the shiny new toy and now it's Kellenic, and now it's going to be Kirilov. You're going to start getting a lot of more buzz. You're going to start hearing that real soon about Alex Kirilov. And I don't know, I think that you can get that from, from Nick Senzel, uh, and he's going to be playing. So I'd rather just have that at his cost.
0: One thing I've noticed over the years, and, um, I've, I haven't been playing as long as you have, but just in the recent years, um, the real value that you can find in these post-hype guys, like guys like Sinzel, guys like Dahl. Even though I'm not personally in on Dahl this year, um, I, w- I probably won't. I probably won't be drafting him again since this trade, or since since he was signed by the Rangers. But guys like, but you can equate that to like Devers. Like Devers had a rough first year, uh, like when it's like limited time the first year, then he just broke out the next year. And then you look at Trevor Story, similar. Um, he had a, he was a high pedigree pro- He was a high pedigree. He was. Re- I think he was a high pedigree prospect. I don't know if I remember exactly where he was ranked, but he was—he was definitely someone to, a prospect to monitor. Um, and then he, then he broke out that one year, and then he broke out again. Um, there, there's a, probably other examples that I can't remember, but these post-type guys are probably—I think I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm preaching from the same um, podium as you. Did I just make up that saying? Sure. <laughs> I'm yeah. preaching from the same podium. You're get good. This, um, You're yeah.
1: preaching yeah. to the choir. You're preaching to the choir
0: yeah yeah exactly so like yeah these post up guys you're getting a lot cheaper than um than your your clinics even
1: though i, I am in on clinic i really i really do like him so, how about gavin lux like you, he's yeah. coming from the same cut cloth dude this is the same fucking pedigree this is the and and he's apparently going to be playing every day according to roberts as of what we're reading what we're seeing and if that's true oh baby um yeah you draft a guy with a, a you know grade two groin strain that's not coming up until mid April at the, at the earliest potentially, you know, early may you're hoping. Um, yeah. I, I just think that there's other guys that have come up with similar pedigree that haven't absolutely smashed right away. Like Juan Soto did um, mm-hmm. or some of the other players like that. Kyle Louis Tucker. Schra- Louis do- yeah, sure. Kyle Tucker didn't do it right away. And then it finally came together last Alex year. Bregman um, didn't do it right away. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it does take time and, um, yeah, I think Gavin Lux, Nick Senzel, both of those guys are kind of in a similar bucket. And, uh, I think that they're coming at a discount that I'm willing to, you know, go where out did Lux
0: go in this draft?
1: 16th okay. round. So 16 uh, times
0: 15, that's more than two twenty-five. Um yeah. So that, that would have been after clinic now, Justin and, um, and uh, Shelly took um, Jared Klenick in this draft, but this draft just so happened to occur like hours after that video was released um, from the Mariners CEO that who, who was let go of um, shortly thereafter. And um, I think that, that did, um, that did inflate his price. He was someone that we were looking at me and Mike in this draft, but um, we didn't even have an outfielder at that time. So um we couldn't take him because we it would be even me who uh is into prospects more than probably I should be would refuse to take Jared Kalinick as my OF one in this draft.
1: Yeah, so how about like another guy? So there's one other high pedigree guy um that went after him. So we've Vaughan. talked about Senzel, we've talked about Lux, Garrett Hampson. Oh Um, he's in the same, he's in the same bucket and apparently I think he's going to play center field and then get his burn at second base. Uh, that's just my own two cents. Uh, and now we're all kind of just tired and we're all, it's real gloomy in, in Denver, right? Everyone's just kind of over it. And (laughs) you can't be over hitters that are playing 81 games in cores, And people think that, you know, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. They're going to fuck us over. They're going to start keep, somebody they that they keep fucking us over. over. Yes, 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 yes. But at some point, like, and it looks to me like this is finally the time for guys like Ryan McMahon, uh, Garrett Hampson, Brendan
0: Brendan
1: you're not. And, and look at if you pulled up previous data though, in ADP, even in main events, Garrett Hampson just slowly climbs up. He slowly climbs up. And then people get this bad taste in their mouths because they're over investing, but now you're not having to over-invest and you're still getting the same, the same player. He's the same guy. He's got all the same data. Everything's still there. uh, Good or bad. And you're still getting somebody that could potentially steal a ton of bases that could be playing starting majority of the games for the Colorado Rockies with half of those being in Coors Field. And now he's going in the mid 15th, 16th round. I, I just think that, you know, uh, n- now he's not a shiny new toy. He's a rusty toy. And uh, well, you I'm took going Hilly- to take my shot on him.
0: What do you, how, do you, how, do you, how do you equate how, – well, how, how, do you, um, how do you sort of um, um, assess Hilliard versus Hampson? Because you you did take Hilliard in this draft, um, in round twenty, so you got
1: him. I like them both. I like them both, to be honest. Uh, pulling up my projections, I have them in the same range for you know similar range of runs. Hilliard has more RBIs, Don't- that makes 10, sense. More, ten more home runs than Garrett Hampson. Um, Sam Hilliard was an interesting person when I posted a, a tweet about uh, projecting hitters for a minimum of 20 home runs and a minimum of 10 stolen bases. And the two players that kind of stood out in regards to ADP and where they're going, it was Sam Hilliard and Austin Hayes. So I'm quite high on Sam Hilliard. My numbers and projections do like him. I think that he can stuff, um, both of those categories that you're wanting in home runs and stolen bases. And if the, you know, playing time ends up shaking out in his favor, then you could be getting something, um, pretty lucrative so i'm intrigued by both i'm I'm intrigued by a lot of colorado rockies uh this is the first time in a long time fruit it's i mean this is the first time in so long though that you're not like how 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 high was david Dahl going for how many fucking years like two years three years david Dahl was just getting drafted in the first 10 rounds because he was potentially going to be in the middle of the rockies lineup Mm -hmm. That's Ryan McMahon right now, people. And he's got multi-position eligibility and he's going to play like
0: Ryan McMahon had a rough year the last year. though. people, people are remembering that, that that short little, that short little uh, 60 game period. Uh, He didn't do well. He struck out like 32% of the time. If I'm not, Mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm remembering, um, that was at least approximately 32%. I don't know if it's I I don't know if it was like -hmm. thirty-four. who knows. Right. But he was something, something, something bad. Um, But I heard he reworked his approach. Um, but man, all these Rockies, like you're, I think the, the main thing you're worried about is playing time and because they, they just, they just fuck with you for playing time. There's, there's just,
1: they, they got a lot of malice to feed there. Um, but how many mouths are there to feed right now though?
0: Okay. Well, let's look at it. So let's look at their, let's look at their roster. So you got Trevor story at shortstop. You can ignore that because we know what we're getting there until maybe he's traded. Right.
1: But, um, so, um, <laughs> and he's going to be traded by the way, he will be traded. You think so? I, I'm pretty adamant on that. Yeah, absolutely. He's not going to sign there. Uh, he saw what happened to Nolan Arenado. he sees where they're trending. There is no, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And I don't remember who said it, but if the, if there is a light at the tunnel, it's a train and it's coming to fucking kill you. It's not the light (laughs) that's like saving you. So Um, on their bench, like I just, yeah, I, I don't know, man, they don't have a lot of depth here whatsoever. I, I just think it's been depleted. Nolan's been traded. Desmond's, opted out they haven't brought anybody in outside of crone who he's the one player that's actually rising up boards um a lot, a and, lot. And, yeah and i don't disagree with it but why aren't any of these other guys then um the one person that i'll say that's going uh, uh in the same area or maybe even a little bit higher uh, is rymel tapia i'm not completely sold on his skill set and what he provides uh as a whole and he's definitely gonna bring you below average home run power. And in this year with the new ball, that really concerns me with him. He's kind of a Gumby, a string dean. So um, I, I think he would almost be, you know, when looking at let's say Tapia Hilliard and um, Hampson, I think, I think Tapia is the one that you should be concerned about.
0: I agree. I'm not, I'm not big on Tapia. I think a lot of people, a lot of people are because they, they saw the stolen bases last year. Um historically, like before before he before he stole those eight or nine bases that he did last year, no one was really counting on him for many stolen bases. And if he is, like and I've mentioned this before, is is Tapia just sort of like like a rabbit on steroids? Like he's really just like he's gonna hit for maybe a high batting average. Probably like he's probably gonna hit for he's probably gonna be an asset for the batting average uh, department. And if he's at the top of the lineup, then yes, runs. But he's going to hurt you in RBIs and home runs. So he's a three-category player that um, might be um, good to great in stolen bases, but we're not even certain of that.
1: Well, I don't think he's a rabbit, uh, nor do I think he's a rabbit on steroids. So his career ISO is 125. Last year in 2020, it was .082, uh, which is really bad. He has a career WRC+, which is – 78, negative 22% below average there. And then you've got a barrel rate of 2.5% hard hit rate of 26.3%. I I can have a barrel rate of 2.5% and a fucking hard hit rate of 26%. Um, No, I couldn't. But um, I I just think that he's just brutal. He's brutal. He's brutally bad. And if you're, you're, you're putting up, you know, this guy gets to play, you know, half of his games theoretically in Coors Field and you're, you're pulling up this kind of, you know, metrics, that's not good at all. I mean, it's really, really bad. Rhino Tapia is exactly what his last name says. Tapia, he's the bottom feeding fish and water fish. There's just chum. And I do not think that he is going to help you whatsoever. I, I have no shares of him and I do not plan on having any shares of him. I think that that is a complete bust. He should not be going like, is he going around Manuel Margot? Like he's going ahead of Manuel Margot. Yeah. So like that's just it's just bad. It's just a bad process. People are people are seeing roster resource and they see leading leading off in course Field and they're just pounding it, but they're not. They're not. You know. They're not painting the full, full picture. So you're, you're, your
0: your your issue with him is his skill set, I guess, because you're you, because you're it seems like you're in on Hilliard and Hampson uh, and those yep. types of players, but you're out on Tapia at his price. They're all and they're all going like in the early two hundreds. Maybe Tapia is getting pushed up a little bit in the drafts that I've been in, but um, so it must be a skill set, like what he's going to give you that you're like uh, that that you're out on.
1: Yeah, I mean, you would think that, like, for him, like, after bashing on his, you know, hard hit rate and, and barrel percentage and all that, you would think, okay, maybe he's an 80-plus-something percent career contact rate hitter, and he's not even that. He's got a sub-80% contact rate, so I, I just don't see it. Um, I, I, what, are you, what are we getting from him? What are we wanting here? Um, I, I know people are looking and seeing the 321 average. Um, do you see the one home run? Uh, yeah <laughs> i i can't i can't i can't do it i i think he's he's malik smith like and he's not even guaranteed like it's that's what no, i meant. like started.
0: malik smith is a, is a rabbit I mean, and a rabbit on a steroid what, what i meant by that was like just like a little bit better than that
1: like he still hey, he's still yeah a- i don't even think he's even better than that and then on top of that like we gotta if we're gonna knock mcmahon and hampson and hilliard for the what ifs of playing time right the questions right. of what's Colorado gonna do? Why aren't we baking that into Rymel Tapia? I don't you bake know. Bake that into Rymel Tapia. Why isn't he like? If I pulled up outfielders right now, just going overall, is it because people Rymel Tapia should be going like he should be like Roman Quinn, well, or Tim LaCastro, or what Kevin about my, Kiermaier, what or about Miles Strawakiyama. How do you how do you compare him to Miles? Austin Strachan? Slater. I would I'd rather have Miles Straw. Now, is it now? Correct he's me. He's going. How many rounds later is he going? Like seven.
0: Yeah. Well, he's going two hundred. Like probably like a hundred. And he's going to be more
1: stolen bases on no. a better offense.
0: Well, this is what I'm thinking. People are thinking. They're thinking like, who else is going to lead off in Colorado? They think they got no one else that they could put in that leadoff spot. I know that I know people. People must realize that they can put other people in that outfield, but they're just thinking like, who else will lead off for the Rockies?
1: Sure. That- so Garrett Hampson could lead off, uh, especially against left-handed pitching. Um, and then against right-handed pitching, I, I get it. They might start with Rymal Tapia, which is the you know the majority of the plate appearances you'll see is against starting right-handed pitching. But uh, I don't know if if it goes wrong for him. Um, what fuck? I don't know. I just I don't I can't buy it. I can't. Um, I'm not confident in the skill set at all. And then baking in the price. So like, I haven't even like talked about, you know, paying for it. I, I would just much rather have so many other players.
0: Uh, yeah. A couple it, of the guys like you mentioned, even, like even Slater, yeah. Garrett Slater, Garrett Hampson. That's, 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 um, but the thing is it's, it's, all playing time right now. We don't know. I think if a lot of these players we, we were assured at least um, five games a week, they would be vaulting up like, especially the, the spare, the scarce um category of stolen bases, like a guy like Austin Slater, Miles Straw, um, some of the other guys you mentioned, like they would be going up a hundred, a hundred picks. It's all, it's all playing time.
1: Yeah, I'm pulling up. So 230 is for Austin Hayes, who I'm kind of intrigued with a little bit. And I know people are getting concerned about how they're going to handle things there. Um, Rymel Tapia is going around before Austin Hayes. I would much rather have Austin Hayes. If we were just able to say, okay, I'd rather have, you know, play, even at the same cost, let's just say, same round whatever. Yeah. But give me Austin Hayes. I
0: agree. I, I thought I thought Austin Hayes was going uh, a little bit earlier but maybe he's fallen um, in recent drafts, but I would, yeah, no, I agree with you. I would rather have Austin Hayes than than Tapia for sure. Yeah. So So let's look great. at let's look, let's look at your draft specifically because um that's um we were, we 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 um we looked at all these post hype guys and Rockies a little bit. There's some interesting guys around that 200-300 range, but let's look at your draft. How
1: how do you first of all How do you feel about it? I like it. So the first thing that somebody from the outside is going to say that we just completely, you know, punted to the moon, uh, stolen bases. Uh, But I think that there's enough players, not that we will finish, you know, in the mid to upper half of of that category. But I think that there's enough players that could potentially get five to ten stolen bases. Um, and then a couple that get 10 to 15. And if if that works out, uh, I'm not too, too concerned about just, you know, shitting the bed in the stolen base category. So that was my first concern when looking at this team, um, especially, you know, taking a glance after a couple of weeks. Um, but other than that, everything since then, like recent news and whatever, uh, things look to be trending up for the most part. Uh, and then a couple of guys that we drafted a little bit later that I'm still happy with that I would might even take a little bit earlier. So Tyler O'Neill, Willie Calhoun, JP Crawford. I like the arms of Emilio Pagon, JT Brewbreaker, Pete Fairbanks. So I'm really happy with um the the you know the lower half or the reserve rounds of the draft. And then looking at the top, I, I I'm ecstatic. Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo to start, and then we pounded hitting for five rounds. Um George Springer, Alex Bregman, Gleyber Torres, Keston Hira, Jeff McNeil. And the nice thing about that was I felt that I felt that we started to get some guys falling a little bit. So we weren't expecting Gleyber Torres to be there. We weren't expecting Keston Hira to be there in the sixth. And then we weren't expecting Jeff McNeil to be there in the seventh. And it just kind of, I wouldn't say fell into our lap because we don't, you know, we don't know what they're going to actually provide us, but, um, as of now, I'm quite happy with that. I think that they provide a nice balance and then just, you know, George Springer and Alex Bregman, they're going to, they're volume accumulators and I don't think they're going to screw you over in any one way. Um, even though they're, you know, they're sub 10 stolen base, um, contributors, but.
0: How happy were you when, uh, John Fish, um, changed his pick from, uh, Keston Hero to Luke Voigt?
1: So that was huge. Um, we didn't know exactly where we were going to go uh, if we didn't get Kesson here or there, because in the fifth round, we really wanted Brandon Lau or, or Glaber Torres and Brian Vogel. And my co-host on the FTN fantasy baseball podcast, Matt Cufferley, they, they took Brandon Lau at five, six. So we were left in the dark there and we, we were fortunate to get Glaber I really do think I, I'm, I'm pretty high on Glaber Torres. I have him, um, ranked quite a bit above, you know, his ADP right now. So that was nice to get. And then Kesson here, that, <laughs> like you said, we, right when we saw him go, and then the contact admin button went up, we were like, Oh yes, please be saying that you're <laughs> wanting to pull back on the Hira. And, uh, sure enough they did. So it ended up working out for us there, but it was, you know, if, if I had to give you an answer, you know, I, I, I like to give people information, um, I don't just like to hide in the dark and not, you know, tell you what I'm thinking. So we'd have probably went Eugenio Suarez um, or Austin Meadows, maybe. Those are two guys that I'd be okay with there as well, but uh, ha- very, very happy to get Kesson here in the sixth.
0: Right. And um, that's something we were, we were hoping, uh it was wishful thinking that Hira would fall. We were looking, our, our wish list was Hira, Grisham, uh, that range. And then we settled with Kendall Marte. Um, who, who I like a lot too. Um, so I wasn't too disappointed because we were at the back end of that sixth round. So what were we expecting? We were, it would be, it'd be unlikely that some of those guys would fall. Um So if, if there was, if there's a, um, were there, were, like, now that we're like three weeks after the draft, is there a player that you um, wouldn't have drafted at, at this point? Or, and is there a player that you're like, oh, this player I probably would have had, I would probably would have reached for him like two or three rounds earlier.
1: Yeah, it's it's always, uh, I would, I wanted to say fun, but it's more frustrating. If anything, it's, it's so fucking crazy how our mind evolves and changes, um, so rapidly. And when looking at a draft board that I felt well prepared for, I look back and then I I go, wow, I would have rather had player X over the player I drafted. Um, so that definitely, definitely happens. Uh, one that I should not have let get away that I'm going to be eager to pounce on in my high stakes drafts, Uh Dylan Carlson went in the 11th round. Mm-hmm. I, I would have taken him in the 10th over Josh bell, knowing what I know uh, as of right now. And I'm, 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 I'm one of the higher guys uh, on the totem pole uh, for Josh bell. But um, I think if I was drafting today, I would certainly go for Dylan Carlson before Josh bell. And especially with this team context, we only had one outfielder at that point and it was George Springer. So, I, I, my back wasn't against the wall, you know, being bullied to not take uh, another green position, which is outfielder. So uh, Dylan Carlson is one that pops right off the top for me. Um, what about you? Is there somebody when you kind of, you need, you, you ever pull up the draft board and go, why the fuck did I take this guy over that guy? I can't believe that guy was still there. If of course, today, I could take that guy.
0: Of course. Um, actually the biggest one. And, um, we can get in, We can get into the fact we can get into the, the nuances of drafting with a partner. Um, and that's what, that's what's difficult because you're, because you're not always perfectly aligned, but um, there, there's probably a couple instances in this draft where we look back and say, Oh, we should have done something different. One of them was in round um, 11 and <laughs> I'll tell you, Dylan Carlson is the same guy that, that I was looking at. So what, what happened there is um, we were looking to ta- uh, target um Aaron Savali was one of our targets, but, um, we had drafted, um, Tyler Miley, um, in round 10 and when it wrapped around, round 11, um, our plan was to grab Savali there because that's the guy that Mike Curlin wanted and I like him too. So we, we, both wanted him and, um, but just the way our team was, the way our team was being built, we missed completely on outfield so far, and we didn't really have that many stolen bases. So what I was sort of saying is, okay, Savali's your guy. And um, I'm like, you know what? I, I trust that we can recover from whatever from from whatever pick we make here, but if you want to take him, you can take him. But I would strongly suggest that we'd go with Dylan Carlson or there was um, Anthony Santander, there was Solaire and there was also Ian Happ. So all four of those outfielders without having an outfielder one and already having Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns, Tyler Malley. I'm like, I think the play here is to go with an outfielder. And, um, but we were sort the way that we, the way that we did it, we were sort of saying, okay, well, I, I, I would take this guy and then I'll leave it up to you for the next round, which is probably not the way to work it. I think we have to be completely like in sync
1: on yeah, You can't do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that, yeah.
0: That, that was our one mistake because I'm like, I, because that's that's what we did for these, for these middle rounds when we, when our plan sort of, we didn't have a concrete plan of what we wanted to do and a concrete
1: backup plan. Your, your map, your map lit on fire, right? You can only map out so many, at the beginning to agree on together and then it's like oh fuck now it's improv time
0: yeah that's what that's what that's what sort of happened and then yeah so I don't I think in hindsight we shouldn't have gone Savali there I think we should have gone an outfielder so that's and I, and I I don't know if Mike agrees I was we were I was talking to him today about it we were texting about this today um just uh, because, because we were talking talking about some of the some of the players we got later on that we're that we're happy about that sort of fell into that 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 sort of fell into some, um, additional value, but that's, that's a place where I think, again, Carlson would have been a great choice there, I think.
1: Well, I'll tell you right now, um, you know, like we've talked about every time you have a draft and you look back at it on three weeks, if you wanted to look, let's say at, you know, each player is a stock hypothetically, someone's going to go up. Someone is going down in ADP. So, um, Nick Nick Whitgren, you guys got in the 29th round. I think he's slowly gonna creep up 28th, 27th, 26th. People are gonna take their shots on him. You guys got uh, Miles Straw on the 23rd. I've seen him go way higher than that over the last couple of weeks now, especially in the last few days. Mitch Keller uh, talks of his velo and looking good. He's got you know former pedigree. I think that he could get pushed up a little bit as well. And then, you know, everyone's talking about Antone all fucking day on Twitter. So no, you know, no clue where he ends up going, especially if we, you know, end up getting some sort of concrete information on what the hell they're going to do with him in, in Cincinnati. So it looks like they're going to put um, him in the bullpen to start with, at least. And, and you know what? And hopefully that drives his price down, uh, you know, and makes it even more lucrative because the stuff and the skills are there. No rotation, whatever rotation. What's the problem right now? Uh, And I'm a fan of Mike Lorenzen. We drafted him in this uh, in this league uh, in the 22nd round, Zach and I did. But how many times have you seen a rotation with five guys go the full fucking season? You don't. Okay, so shit's gonna hit the fan. Even with the six man rotations, that's That's going to get derailed too. So if someone's going to want to stick with that, they better hope they have, you know, seven, eight, nine starting pitchers that are able to slot in and out to make that happen. So sure. He's starting there now. Maybe he doesn't end there. Uh, and what if he's, you know, maybe what if, what if the plan, because Lorenz, and I know that he hasn't even had a spring outing yet because they're still stretching him out. And the plan is we want to get him ramped up. We want to have him prepared, um, you know, to be a full-time starter, but What if that's only four innings and the plans every five days, Anton comes in in the fifth and you're just gobbling up saves like in the Tampa Bay, you know, situations that we've seen in the past. And now he's some sort of follower. It's just, that's just easy money. Um, I don't want to overspend for it and I'm not going to be jumping him by any means, but he's an uncertain commodity right now. And I like to say anytime there's an uncertainty, it can bring, you know, uh, quite a bit of profit because we just don't know what's going on. And and I think that's similar to the Colorado Rockies offensive players right now. There's a lot of uncertainty, but if you knew that certainty, if you were to paint a hypothetical picture on those guys and say, okay, Garrett Hampson is going to lead off every day against left-handed pitching and he's going to start and bat whatever, you know, down in the lineup against righties, where would he be going now? Fucking 10th round, 11th round, people would be going crazy. He'd be going next to Victor Robles. So It's all, you know, it's all what we know. Uh, And that's the joy of this. None of us have a crystal ball, but uh, I'd like one.
0: (laughs) I'm looking at your team and um, I like a lot of these picks. Um, You got a nice, was Andrews in Oakland by the time this draft happened or was it after?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But so he's actually another example. I think he's going to kind of start creeping up, right? Uh, talks of him hitting second in that lineup now. And um, there's been Ramon Laureano, I believe, has mentioned to beat reporters that he's really excited that he's learning how to steal bases and to do things properly. Um, Andres is a, is a G when it comes to knowing how to swipe a bag. And I don't think that's going to go away and if you're going to do, be able to uptick his volume and increase his plate appearances due to hitting first or second in that lineup, mm-hmm. uh, he's, a, he's no pun intended. He's a stealing drafts right now. Uh, <laughs> I, he's, he's boring, and we've seen what he's got, but I think that it could work out. Now, let me ask you something. You said you were surprised to get
0: Glaber Torres in the fifth round. Shortstop is um, deep. We've heard everyone say, but it falls off on a cliff. Everyone falls off a cliff. What what was your what's your plan if you don't get a shortstop in the first five rounds? Let's say you, you whiff on everyone like through Swanson. Let's say even, um, and, and sometimes you just get boxed out there. Like, well, because it seemed like you were prepared based on your strategy, you were you were prepared to not get a shortstop in the early in the early rounds of this draft. What do you what are you looking for in that case? Because you you it's I see it sort of like pocketing like starting pitching. Because if you miss on starting pitching, the the next best thing is so much worse. So what's your, what's your, your mindset around shortstop, even though you did end up getting Glaber Torres, which is awesome.
1: Swanson is the perfect cutoff line because, um, Marcus Semien, I have ranked above Swanson and Javier Baez. So for me, um, if I were to able to get him, I would be pretty ecstatic with that. And then, cool. I would have to go down a little bit. I don't want anything to do with Carlos Correa, and I'm kind of meh and uncertain on Tommy Edman. But if I was desperate for you know uh, speed and steals at that point, I think I would be okay taking a shot at Edman. Uh, I like Didi Gregorius, Paul DeYoung; those are both fine. Um, Andre Simeones, if if ah, see, he's in a, an uncertain commodity, and he might be bringing profit to people that are drafting him right now because if he does, in fact, just play every single day for them he's going to return a a, a decent uh, return on investment for people that are are taking the shot on him, but there's a range of outcomes when, you know, drafting a player. And I think sometimes fantasy baseball players forget what the actual range of outcomes is when looking at players. So Andre Samandes could start in the minors. That is still a real potential possibility. So for me, that gets me, you know, I'm, I'm, there's a caution caution sign there's a warning sign um and um so uh, yeah if, if you had to ask me though after swanson semi an, an alarm or a light's going off especially because i do have semi and above bias and swanson um when both of those guys go off i'm i'm pretty much looking like all right where's where am i at do i have a shortstop if not semi and come on down
0: right so Semyon went fairly early, early in this draft. He went in round seven along with Swanson. So yep. he's getting, he, yeah. he could, he could get pricey. He could get pricey as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, he went, he actually went uh, right after that to uh, Jenny Butler and Rob DiPetro. So sharp, sharp group of people there with both Jenny and Rob. And uh, I, I think they were smart enough to know when to take him. And both of them do have high stakes experience so uh, they made the right move there because they, he might have not have lasted, and then like you say, so that might have, see that's the interesting cutoff to me is what happens after Semyon.
0: Yeah, if they missed on him because they didn't
1: have, they didn't have a shortstop either. Yeah, so then if you miss out on Semyon. He's selling wolf tickets at that point. I, I, then I do think maybe it's a couple of guys that I, uh, Zach and I took uh JP Crawford, Elvis Andrews, both are projected to hit at the top of their lineups, right? Both are in the AL right. there's a DH. So they don't have a pitcher hitting in front of them. You gotta, you gotta really, people aren't baking that in at all right now, or people are, but, um, I don't think the masses are projecting or predicting or baking that into um, just keeping it simple. I think that it's important to keep things simple. And JP Crawford is projected to be hitting at the top of the lineup. There, it is a team with a DH. There is not a pitcher hitting ninth. That's that's you know that's something that's that's intriguing to me. So I like him as well.
0: I, that's why that's a, that's another reason why I can see Andres moving up in drafts. Um, I think as the season goes on because just because there is going to be that potential of people getting boxed at a shortstop. Like I'm trying to look at teams. Um, okay. Well, I'm, I'm just going through the teams. Okay. Justin as Edmund. I for. I didn't, I saw that. And then you got Mondesi and then we were okay. Tatis. Did anyone get boxed out Gregorius? Um, Dave McDonald did. Okay. Um, they got Tim Anderson, Watson. Everyone really got theirs here. Simeon story Korea. Yeah. No one really got boxed out a shortstop here, which is, which is not, which is not, un, which is not, it's not uncommon for like a, one or more teams just to get completely blocked out because of how,
1: how the, how the drop-off is at shortstop. Well, yeah. And if, uh, if you're a team like yourself, that takes Bo Shett and Corey Seager uh, that makes things dry up a little bit quicker. And then people start to get a little eager and antsy. So then, you know, you start to see people pop off a little earlier than they should. And then all of a sudden you're uh, you caught your hand in a trap. One thing I wanted to ask you, there was a player, um, Zach and I drafted that we have never drafted him. And I've been teaming up since 2014 and uh, one player that we landed a piece of was Joey Gallo. And I know that he's kind of been, he's been a riser. Um, his current ADP over the last two weeks is 168, which is just shortly after the 11th round. And he's got a min of 157 um, shortly after the 10th round. So early 11th, I, I think that um, obviously the, the long shots and the home runs that he's doing right now are turning people on. There's been rumors of just, you know, uh, topics of him, you know, changing things up just a little bit here to, you know, get a little more piece of the ball. It looks like it's working out this far. Some of the guys he's hitting these long balls off of, he, he rightly should be hitting these long balls off of, and they could be bagging groceries come a few weeks, <laughs> but we were able to get him in the 15th round, um, are, are you taking a shot there if he falls to you that late or where are you at on Gallo? Yeah, as, you got him like late? at
0: post uh, pick two. It, it was a
1: max. It was definitely a new max Two
0: ten, Yeah. Like, man, that's, that's tough. Like what he's doing right now. He looks fantastic. Um, however, last year I was big and big on Miguel Sano. And I learned my lesson with that. Like those those <laughs> big strikeout guys. Um, Gallo's in a bad ballpark, but it doesn't really matter for him because when he hits it, he hits it. It's like, you can say dead ball, bad ballpark. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, and um, he could get traded, which pro- might. Inc- I think getting it traded would only help him. Um, you probably, I if he gets that. traded, it's going to be to a good team, so he's going to be in a better lineup at a better park. So there's only upside in that case. I think where you got him is fantastic. I he's a guy that I haven't drafted either. He's sort of a guy that i that I've um, never been on, but um,
1: he looks really good so far this year. You know who should trade for him? The Chicago White Sox. Where would you play there? Fuck, you play in the outfield. They only got one outfielder. They got Luis Robert. They got and um, and and they're praying and hoping on Adam Engel and and. <laughs> And Aloy Jimenez is not an outfielder. He needs to be a DH.
0: Okay, so if he's a um, DH, then where does um, Vaughn and... and um, yeah, yeah, Vaughn. Right, yeah, Vaughn to, yeah, Vaughn
1: needs... Yeah, Vaughn needs... Braves at 1B, and Vaughn needs to be down in the minors where he's supposed to be and where he's probably going. <laughs> he I know might, people are talking about him. I know he's getting some chatter and some burn. That's... So, uh, he's talking gonna be, high stakes. He's, he's going to be up early, Vaughn. That's... Yeah, that's... You know how many times we've heard these stories and, like, how... You know how many times this is burn people in high stakes drafts that draft somebody and something goes wrong? There's things that can also go wrong in between that time. And then there's also things that could go right for guys that are in the bigs between that time. There's just, you know, shit happens. Um, And let's say, hypothetically, like looking at roster resource right now, and I I do not um, credit to them for putting in the time and effort and the cool colors and the graphics or whatever, but they have. Zach Collins projected his DH. So let's say that's Vaughn. Um, they need a to be the DH. That's the true, true DH for this team um, personally. But uh, yeah, if they bring up Vaughn, then you got a conundrum with a and a DH and, and now you're having to fill the which that I, I fear if Aloy is having, Oh, so let's, let's, let's say that they do bring up Vaughn and Vaughn's up and he's playing majority of the season. Okay. So Aloy is playing, Aloy is playing left field for a full 155 games. That worries me. Health wise, him just being a, just a jalopy out there. Like I just. <laughs> With his shirt
0: halfway undone.
1: Dude, it's so bad. Like they have <laughs> Luis Luis Roberts, like already like playing left field for him. I mean, <laughs> things can go so bad. Like we've seen Marcelo Zuna, like, He's done some damage to his body just trying to catch fly balls out there because they don't belong out there. And it's over time, like, so if you had to compare Aloy Jimenez to somebody similar like Marcelo Zuna and George Springer, give me George Springer. No, I want to all 100%, day over the three. Hundred percent. i um, those those three are kind of on the, in the same little bucket right now, right? Those three are
0: well, yeah. I don't high. I don't really understand why Eloy is um going in the third round while they're going in the fourth, and even sometimes in the fifth, I,
1: I'm seen. I'm starting to see Eloy go in the second. Really? <laughs>
0: yeah really? like for reals. well okay well, first of all outfield is plentiful like you can like you can get outfield unless you get boxed out like me and curland did in this draft it's really it's really um it's really easy to get them later but i i'm i'm talking on my ass because we got we got fucked but um but he also doesn't, <laughs> he, doesn't, he, doesn't he doesn't steal he doesn't steal bases either so you're not outfielder that's outfielder doesn't steal bases and you got springer and marcelo zuna just waiting for you out, like around the around the corner what are you doing? Like, and I know there's a lot of smart guys that are taking him. So I'm not knocking that, but I just personally, like, I won't have him just because like, sure, you can, I'm sure you can win with him, but like, you're making it, I think you're making it harder for yourself.
1: Yeah. So like, like I said earlier, keep it simple. What, it, even if he hits fourth or fifth, okay. Um, Middle of the lineup, even third, George Springer is going to be leading off and ballpark's going to be awesome the, the divisional pitching is garbage mm-hmm. man i think yeah i i'm really really uh excited for george springer this year and i'm not i know people have discussed before zach my my nfbc partner zach Beckencourt, he's a little bit um cautious when it comes to the first year new contract um I, i'm not I, I think george springer He's been, there's been trials and tribulations with this guy. He's not somebody coming into the clubhouse that hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been under the limelight before. This dude has been under the microscope. He was part of the 2017 Astros team. He's been grilled before. This dude is a gamer and he wants to ball out. And I, I think he's still got plenty in the tank and wants to prove that. Um, so he's hungry and motivated and, uh, I, am not worried about him being on the first year of the contract. Right on. Um, so is, we, we, we
0: briefly touched on, uh, a side wager that we, that you, um, were, uh, yeah. were getting into. Um, how confident are you in the side wager? We talked about trash talking and it's all good fun, but um, you had a, you had a, you had a, you side wager. I'll call it t- with uh, team two. I'm not sure. going to, I'm not going to mention any names unless you want to.
1: But- I will. It was uh, siege uh, CJ Kaltenbach and uh, Greg Blankenship. Shout out to both of them. My co-host on the FTN fantasy baseball podcast, uh, Brock Miller, better known as Brockness monster. Um, he, he dissected this same draft board a, a couple of weeks ago and, um, he shit all over them and Steve doesn't know how to take criticism, but he's in this industry and he likes to post draft boards. And this draft board was consensual to all of us. Everyone was okay with it being posted public. And anytime you're okay with that. And anytime you're putting money down and saying, okay, go for it, then you You need to be ready to be grilled if somebody doesn't like your team. And I don't give a fuck if somebody isn't in this league or if they didn't put money down in this league. Fuck off. Somebody has something to say about your fucking team and they don't like it. Fuck you. Prove them wrong. So if you can't take criticism, uh, then maybe this isn't for you. Uh, If I don't draft a good team and if I've done badly, I I had one team last year in a main event that did terrible. It finished like 13th place. Pull it up. Find the draft board. Shit on it. To criticize me, whatever. Tell me something to teach me to get better. Um, I, I'm willing to learn and absorb and to adapt and I'm willing to take some lumps, especially verbal or social media lumps. And I just think that it was a real bad taste at how he came at some of us on Twitter. He wanted to subtweet us at first. Um, and I'm sure he's going to go on his podcast and have a little fucking rant and cry and mope and, whatever he wants to do. But uh, yeah, I uh, then offered a $500 side bet to Siege and him and Greg decided to accept it. So whoever finishes higher in the standings in this league will win an additional $500. And then today I also offered him to join a league that I am in, in the NFBC, which is the ultimate, it's another standalone league. And the entry fee for that is $5,000. So I know that he's got a little riff with uh, my boy Brock right now because Brock was the one pretty much poo-pooing on his roster. Um, but I'm the one stepping in front of him. I asked him on Twitter, and he ignored uh, the tweet. I know he saw it. So whoever's hearing this, he says that he doesn't listen to me talk on podcasts. So please, if anybody's listening that knows CJ Kaltenbach, a.k.a. Siege, and wants to reach out to him since he wanted to ignore me, please, please. Sign up for the $5,000 ultimate draft at the NFPC. That's the entry fee is $5,000. Siege, put your money where your fucking mouth is, like you like to say to Brock, and you want to bully somebody. So please join that league, and let's see if you can beat me. Okay, I, I would,
0: I would, I would, love, I would love to keep tabs on this. So this is, this is, this is what it's all about. This is, this is honestly fun. All this trash talk is fun for me. Like, I mean, if if you were saying that to me, I would, I'd be laughing. I, I would, I would, I would, I, would, I, I encourage it. I, I, I like the competition. I'm an eight. I'm a type A personality that 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 um, won't stop at something until I get it right. And even if I got my ass kicked in the main event, which I did last year, I'm coming back. And uh, I'm playing again, I'm, and I'm learning from you guys, and am learning from having you on my podcast, talking to you, talking to everyone else that I'm friends with. Um, but, yeah, I, I I put the money on you. On Like, what um, in terms of my my assessment, I, I like your team. Um, like, man, James Paxton? Really?
1: Well, so James, that's another issue. James, um, and James, I didn't, re- James, I, I James didn't even Paxton? really want to – <laughs> what is going- um, well well theres there's a lot of issues i have with their pitching um and greg blakenship was you know a, a little more reasonable or realistic in regards to some of the questions that i had and i mentioned uh you do have to eclipse a thousand innings pitched in these nfbc leagues and uh last year those numbers were mitigated quite a bit due to the shortened season but when going down this list um they invested Three relievers in the first 10 rounds, and then they drafted Dylan Bundy, Danelson Lamette. Um, I, I do not know the range of outcomes uh for Danelson Lamette, to be honest with you. I guess it would be one inning pitch and then 150. If they get 150, that's great for them. That would be awesome. They got what they're you know, paying for, certainly. Um Dylan Bundy, we saw some huge decline after getting off to a really hot start last year. It almost looked like twenty nineteen, and you know, career Dylan Bundy prior to the first you know month or two. Brady Singer has looked like shit, um, and we haven't really gotten I, a full portfolio has he, of him. And looked, I he look, you looked okay today, I think. Or uh, he's, yesterday, he's had some, he's had some, he's had some issues uh, controlling pitches. I know that. Um, I, don't, I don't mind. I don't mind Singer. I don't mind Singer. I don't mind uh, Bundy. I, but-
0: like that's ta- the starting staff is Bundy, Singer, LeMet,
1: Klu- um, but then like, are are you going to get a full season from Kluber and Paxton? And then one of them said, "Well, what if one of them you get Yahtzee on? Then you're fine." Well, what if? Okay, yeah, you're, you're sure. Not- fucking a. We all hope to hit Yahtzee, my man. <laughs> um, what happens? What happens if reality hits you in the fucking back of the head and neither give you a hundred plus innings pitch? or they give you one twenty to one fifty, and they're still not that great because. I just don't think that now both of them. One of the, what do you mean? Uh, like, okay, James Paxton.
0: Are you, like in, a, what did you get in a, a
1: six man rotation?
0: What? If, yeah. In a six man rotation. Are you going to get Yahtzee on James Paxton in the 17th round? I have a better chance of getting Yahtzee from someone off of waivers and you're, and you're hoping to get Yahtzee off some for your 17th round pick, James Paxton.
1: Well, how not about gonna, this? Gonna, why don't you just take, why don't you just take teammate? You say two rounds later there you go you're not you're not getting yahtzee off of james paxton
0: <laughs> you're
1: not <laughs> like yeah, I'm, I'm, well, not, I'm, well, I'm not, I'm not an
0: expert I'll, I'll put my non-reputation on the line for james paxton not being a yahtzee
1: well have no fear adam wainwright uh and keegan aiken are there to uh pick up the slack so um yeah i don't. I, I don't want to i don't want to you know go too much more i'm sure i'm going to I can hear from it after this as well, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he, he said, put your money where your mouth is. So fuck, there you go. $500 side bet done. We have it. It's done. And, and, and if you don't like what I had to say, because you seed, you don't take, you know, criticism. Well, then play in the $5,000 league with me, put $5,000 down and let's party. All right. That's all I have to say. That's I'm done. I'm done with team two. All right. Uh, And shout out to Greg Blankenship. I fucking, I really like that guy. He's cool as shit. And uh, he's been, he's been awesome through all of uh, the little banter that we've had with team two, but uh, Siege. Not so much, uh, and oh, and my boy, uh, my boy uh, Pete Christensen uh, at Draft Cheat, he's still he's still ready to put on the boxing gloves. Uh, anytime, so <laughs>
0: no, Greg, so Greg and ready. I, talk, Greg and I DM um, uh, from time to time. Greg's a great guy. Um, he is. Really, he's really, awesome. Really I just awesome. haven't. I just. I don't know. I don't know Siege personally, so I've never talked to him. So. It's kind of bad form for me to talk shit because I don't, I don't, I don't know him. So it's sort of cowardly to even talk shit for, against someone you don't know. But no, you're I, fine. You didn't. I, I'm, I'm fine. Um, I'm not worried. Um, but yeah,
1: Brock, Brock and I do know him personally and uh, uh, through. You know, whatever. So, uh, anyways, yeah,
0: Wayne Wayne okay. Wayne Wright. I'd rather I'd rather I'd I'd rather Wayne Wright over Paxton. I'll just put sure. one but one last little jab in on Paxton. I'd rather <laughs> uh, you, you took Wayne Wright around twenty two. I'd rather I'd rather Wayne Wright Wayne Wright over Paxton. Anyways, let's move on to um to um something other than the, this tag team draft. Would, 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 okay. would, 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 I'm gonna close would,
1: out that draft board. I'm getting rid of it. We're done there. All right. Cool.
0: Um. All right. So like um.
1: In these draft and hold leagues, um, I don't know, do you play a lot of DCs? Not a lot. So I usually only try and crank out three, and um, it's pretty much just, yeah, well, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of slowly getting my feet warm. I like to do my first one in December, and then I'll do another in January, and I'll do another in February, and then that's it. Um, looking back on the ones I did, I'm kind of disappointed already, and it, it's almost made me want to do one more just because I'm like, all right, I didn't really... Um, get those by low opportunities. A lot of them, at least that I would have liked to, you know, kind of when you scroll back and look at those, you're like, wow, I got this guy here and he's going there, etc." It's never um, perfect. So that didn't, yeah. And it, it, it didn't happen for me this year, but I'm having some self-control and I'm going to let it go and I'm going to let those ride. And um, gonna I'm going to move B- on. Are you
0: going to get into the beat McDave McDonald uh, draft?
1: I don't think so. Um, I just think the, just for me right now, where I'm at after we get done with, I'm, st- I'm still unfortunately doing my TGFBI draft, but. Uh, so, so am I. Ah, yeah, brutal. Uh, doing that plus Raz Slam, both two slow drafts right now. Looking forward to getting both of those over with because I have my first NFBC main event draft on the 20th, I believe. No, 21st, I'm sorry. Um, on the 21st. So that's, that's approaching. Uh, It's going to come sooner than you think. I think uh, that's in 12 days. So within a week from today, our KDS will be uh, unreal. Now
0: for for the main event, do you like to, um, do you like to draft one of the earlier ones or do you want to, do you like to draft one of the later ones? Um, I know you might sprinkle them
1: around. Right on, spread it out. So there'll be one early and then there'll be one later on. It won't be, I don't like to do the one that's like the last one, the night before, um, you'll get, it's still, those drafts to seem real interesting to me. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I stay out of that one, the, the last of the last, the last, like the last main event, but I will do one, you know, one to two days prior to opening day. Um, just in case something does happen, for example, on the one that I'm doing in, uh, on the 21st, um, you know, you want to be able to hedge if something really got bad, but, uh, uh, I like to spread them out. I won't do them all early. I won't do them all late. I'll kind of sprinkle them in from, from, you know, starting on the 21st until opening day.
0: That's a tough thing for me. Um, I, I know you played football as well. And um, the thing with the thing with that is entering a main event or like when I played football this year and I entered the the bullet and um, okay. my team, my team was fucking killing it. Like I was in first place all year. And then like I had, um, what do you, I had CEH and I had Gibson who just like completely fell oh. off at the end of the year. And, um, that team, I overall, I did really well. Like if you look at all my leagues, I, I, I did well, um, in football, but that one league that was my most expensive league, I right. fell from first to fourth. So having all your eggs yeah. in one basket and what, I, and it's, it's going to happen to me again this year in baseball, where I'm going to, um, probably be in one main event, um, this year, how do you, how do you sort of, how do you, what's your mindset in terms of like a diversification and b like how you're going to, um,
1: enter leagues of different value so i notice my drafting um body language when like doing a rotowire online championship um let's say anything i don't want to talk about anything slow drafts so i'm gonna dismiss any um dc that's a slow draft or anything like that those don't count because there's no rhythm right I, I like to look at these things as like, you're in a rhythm, your body, your body language, mentally, physically, you're going to be feeling things. And, uh, if you can get into a groove, um, you can get loose, you can get confident, um, and then things start to fall to you. It's really weird. And so I, I feel that more often than not in a 12 team Rotowire online championship. Why? Of course. Cause it's 12 teams, not 15 teams. I like to get those out of the way. Um, at least a week like i i'm gonna do one more oc and then that's it i want to be done with those like 10 days prior to doing how many um, do my, main, my main events i'll do three three OCs, i believe um and then after that i'll do uh main events i have two now but if that ultimate doesn't fill i'm gonna have to pivot quickly to either a couple of main events and a super or do something like that because i don't want to be left in you know left out and just having the two main events i don't want that to be um, Where I'm looking at high how many power. fab leagues? How many
0: how many fab leagues can you handle? Uh, I know that you do that you did yeah, like a, I, I looked at your fab articles um, last year, and they they were my go-to for the main event for the for my fab. Thank I you. looked I looked at I looked at your your articles on the FDN, and they were great. I sort of and one of the main reasons I looked at it not for not just for myself, but I want to know what other people. I want to sort of I I figure people are going to look at your articles and base their decisions off of that. So it's also not only Helping me, but also helping me sort of get in my opponent's heads. Is yeah. that something? You're, is that something? You're, is that something you're going to do? Um, is that going to be free again, or is that going to be something that's going to be behind, behind a payroll?
1: It won't. So uh, yeah, so it is actually. It's it's going to be behind the paywall. Um, there's there's current. It's it's not that much though. So it's 19.99, and you get so you get that for 26 weeks. Uh, I mean, you probably have I'm the cheap. bottle of wine. The bottle of wine. Well, unless you're drinking a two buck chuck, um, the bottle of wine, or you know, a, a dinner out, or something it, like that. This was,
0: this was a, a bottle of wine was a gift.
1: The <laughs> price for six months of uh, the Fab article, but it's not just the Fab article that you're getting. You're not just paying 19.99 for one Fab article. Um, all the articles that are currently up at ftnfantasy.com, along with if you're drafting right now or preparing for anything, or if you're my opponent uh, in a main event or the ultimate or whatever I end up doing my rankings and tiers are, they are literally <laughs> the, it's, it's my work. It's my, it's my blood, sweat and tears. And my projections are done by hand and they're weighted and adjusted by hand and everything in between. So all of that, you know, gets spit out on my rankings and tiers and they're all color coded. And, and that's how I draft and it's 1999. Um, it's not a lot. And then on top of that, you get work from others. You get work from John Legazi, You get work from Chris Meany, Brock Miller, and Matt Cufferley. So it's, you know, 1999. I think other people sell theirs for a little bit more. We wanted to uh, do everything for free last year because we were new. And then we got smacked right when we opened up with a shortened season. So FTN, uh, we were like, okay, what the hell do we do here? And we decided to just put everything out there for free. You know, you can't just open up and have a shortened season and everything be weird and ask people to start paying money for stuff that they're not really certain what they're getting. So um, like you said, you enjoyed it and hopefully it was good enough for you to um, you know, i'll
0: support support you because you i appreciate not not only because it was good because you're a friend so it's 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 two reasons for me to support you i you have my word i will i will be supporting you and i would recommend it because for fab that was my go-to i'll I'll be honest with you for for baseball so yeah anyone if anyone's listening listening, go subscribe to um maddie davis's um fab report i don't know i don't know i don't know what you're going to
1: call it uh yeah it's um yeah that's basically what it is is a fab report and i think that we actually call it that um you can use at the checkout to use promo code Davis. It's not a a huge discount, but, um, it'll get you a couple of bucks off, you know, anything that's $20. It's not like you're going to save a huge chunk of change there, but use promo code Davis. And then on top of that, I'd like to mention, I'm going to add, I want to do something. Um, if you're not aware of the fab article, so I'll break down, um, you know, according to NFBC leagues, I'll do a sub X percent amount of players available and then I'll use that threshold, and then I'll do it for 15-team leagues as well as 12-team leagues, and then I will list all of the two-start pitchers for the upcoming week along with their opposing matchups in parenthesis. And then I I kind of wanted to add this new little – we also did like a look-ahead last year, so I did a look-ahead instead of – and I know my buddy Vlad Sedler, he does a great fab article as well – and um it's just a look ahead uh, both of us did it and it's just kind of finding the picture after not this week you're not fab bidding on them for this week but it's the week after because if you bid x amount this week you can get them cheaper than you know when everyone's talking about them on podcasts and tweeting about them and you know writing about them for this week the flavor of the week let's try and purchase the flavor of the week the week before so looking ahead is an important part of the feature as well but there's also one thing that i did want to add this year and it's similar to um, what draft Cheat and I did on the podcast was a a battleship episode. I kind of want to do like a, a pitching landmine uh, part of that, uh, of the article. Um, So, you know, a lot of people fall into the trap of two start pitchers and, you know, any two start pitcher usually gets bidded on because they're the volume, they're getting two starts that week.
0: And it's going to be even more coveted this year because I think there's going to be less two start pitchers. Yeah,
1: with 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 more six man rotations, you're going to get less six man or I'm sorry, two uh, start pitchers. And so, you know, the supply and demand for those is always through the roof. Um, but let me tell you, a lot of those two start pitchers are landmines, and it's so frustrating and it's crushing. It is, <laughs> oh man, it's it'll crush your fucking soul. You could yeah, you could be having. Oh man. At, yeah, because yeah, not only did you,
0: not only did you, it's something you, you wasted, did. You, yeah. you wasted your fab on them and they also wasted your ratios. It's, I know, I've been there. It sucks. And, yeah. And so
1: it ruins exactly.
0: Your, it ruins exactly. your so ratios. I'm
1: going to always, I'm going to always have every two start pitcher mentioned, um, at, like I did last year. And it'll have exactly who they're facing if it's two starts at home who they're facing or on the road mixed, whatever, it'll have, you know, the matchups rotor home in parentheses there for you to see who they're scheduled up against. So you don't have to dig up for that. Um, but I think I want to add a landmine part right underneath that two-step part. And, and that'll just be my own two cents, Um, you know, to just say, Hey, tread with caution here. If you're real desperate, fucking a man, throw your bone. Um, but I, I do want to mention, you know, yeah, we all need to, you know, keep an eye on who's starting twice a week, but I think we need to mention also who could potentially uh, explode your ratios.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now you mentioned you, you were talking about getting into these 12 team leagues at first and then, and then venturing um, into 12, 15 team leagues after that. Um, one of the questions I had for you was, um, where do you see the pockets of value? Because that's the big question that, I, that I've been asking a lot of the guests that have been on this podcast. Where do you see the pockets of value? We've, we've alluded to this by saying, wait on outfield. Maybe you don't agree with that but do those pockets of value change um, from a 15 to 12? So not only do you have to get a custom of like, okay, when when players are going to go in what round, but also like, did, does the landscape of these pockets of value change because of how, like where the replacement value cuts off in terms of, I guess, waiver wire or after you're starting rotation or starting your starting lineup, um, does it, does it change? Does it completely change things for certain positions from a 12 to 15? And I think one, yeah, ob- so I- one, ob- one obvious thing would be closers, right? Because you need three, not two,
1: right? That's that's the obvious answer. Sure. The other one for 12 and 15, um, I'm already a person that doesn't pony up for catchers. So for me, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really pushing back catchers. Like I'm talking 29th, 30th round. I'm taking my two catchers in a 12 team league. Um, I don't do enough. 12 team rotowire online championships to get too deep in regards to that. But the two pockets that I will say when looking at 15 team leagues, there's two things uh, as of right now. Yes. Like we talked about earlier, each board evolves, right? Each one revolutionizes itself and looks completely different than it should, you know, even a few days after, but there's a couple guys or players that I think are going in certain pockets of drafts that are providing a scarce uh, category that we're wanting to exploit. And I think that um, the Manuel Margos, the Garrett Hampson's, some of those guys are a nice pocket to be looking at a little bit later in the mid rounds. And then I think um, there's a lot of uncertainty we've heard at the closer position. So we, we're going to see continuously Liam Hendricks, just wait until main events. If you're on that, if somebody's drafting on the turn, I've heard, I've heard somebody, I think it was DVR go, well, maybe you're not even, Maybe you know you're potentially out, uh, or you're not even able to draft Liam Hendricks if you're, let's say, in a main event and you're picking from the 15 slot because now you're having to take him at pick 45 or 46. Wrong. Sorry, Derek. There will be some schmuck, and maybe he's right. But for me, as of right now, um, spending your third round or first, you know, first pick in the fourth round on a closer like Liam Hendricks is just wrong historically. Um, It doesn't work out. So for me, looking at guys, because we don't know the landscape of, let's say, two-thirds or a third of, of the closer market right now, I think those are providing pockets. So Emilio Pagan and Pete Fairbanks and some of those guys, even way down. I was trying to look at guys when you asked me a question earlier about who would you take sub or after pick 15 in a DC, but you would draft in the last round of a main well, most of those guys aren't going to be getting drafted in a main. Um, but there are some relievers that, you know, kind of fall into that area. Uh, Tanner Scott, I know people think or are hearing that Hunter Harvey's the guy there. I don't even think he's ever even secured a, an actual save in the major leagues yet. Um, and Tanner Scott's just, just truly the better pitcher there in the bullpen. So when you go down the list, um, there are some guys uh, at the reliever position that I think could be, let's not say the full-time closer, because a lot of teams might not even do that anymore. A lot of teams might take the cheap approach, like the Tampa Bay race. The Cleveland Indians could be doing that this year. Holy so shit, you you're get right. Nick, Nick Whitgren, and then you get Emmanuel say, Okay. So then you go down to another team, and you've got the same instance with the Tigers, and it's Soto and and Cincinnati or Garcia or Jimenez or whatever. Um, so if you're able to figure out, okay, this team doesn't have a pure bread closer and they're not doing, they're going to go the Tampa Bay rays, or maybe what the Cleveland Indians are going to do, then I'm going against the grain and I'm going to disagree with what everyone's saying at some point, which is draft the role over the skills. And I'm going to draft the skill over the role because some of these skill guys are going to step into that role at some point, and maybe they don't get it for, Majority of the season, but they might get it enough. Um, and if I'm not spending enough, a lot of draft capital in a high stakes main event, and it's not costing me but a 29th or 30th round pick, fucking a, hey, uh, roll, shake the dice and roll them. I and guess what? If it doesn't work out and he's not getting any burn in the first week or two, I'm cutting bait, and I'm not having to start him right away anyway. So the thing you have to look at is if you don't draft Pete Fairbanks, and let's say you are in a main event, and for whatever reason Pete Fairbanks or somebody like that that I've mentioned. Is in free agency and he notches, let's say, one save in one week. So the first week is done, and one of those guys gets one save. How much is he costing in Fab now?
0: Yeah, that's that's to your point. What, like why? Um, I forget if you said this before we recorded or not, but like a guy like Colin Moran, um, he'd be he'd be cheap to pick up. But like like what I'm what I'm looking at in these drafts where we're we're, we're about three or three weeks to four weeks out of this out from the season i'm looking at guys that are going to cost me a lot in fab if they hit in if they hit in terms of news or anything like that and like like you said those those relievers and also rookies um rookies that 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 end up making the team that that you aren't expecting to make the team and i think those are that's exactly the question who are these guys that are going post 500 in dc's that you would draft in a main event and i think you nailed it another guy that another guy that i have uh, on my list is jolie rodriguez on the on the rangers um, now, especially now that, um, Hernandez is injured and Leclerc, Leclerc is, um, often injured. And then you have, um, Demarcus Evans as, as the other option there, but, um, I don't know if they're going to put him in the closer role being, um, being just, just a rookie. Right. So he's a guy that I, that I'd, I'd be looking at. And in this draft right here, um, one of my guys, Jaron Duran, um, you know what, probably he doesn't make the team, but, um, he's a guy that I'm not taking before I picked 500 in a DC, but he's a guy that I took obviously in a, in this, in this draft, because um, just for the upside and if, if we can hold them and, and look at the news and, and then we can decide what to do with them. Right.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of those, you know, kind of examples. What if it's hard to look at guys, Pat, you know, after pick 500 to go, you know, who would you take last pick in a main event? But like I said, Tanner Scott would be one. I like um, that
0: pick. I, 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 I was shocked at, um Hunter Harvey hasn't recorded a see, but you're right he has it.
1: Okay. So there you go. Um, you know, there's I another guy it up. and, and, and I don't want to like, uh, I probably shouldn't mention any Colorado Rockies pitcher. mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't do that, but how about, you know, um, I think even our group chat was talking a little bit about the, the, the Cubs situation, I guess. Kimbrel's looking like poo poo again. Um, he's going, he's going after pick 500, but I don't have much of Rowan wick just because of, um, you know Kimbrell's pedigree, and I just think that Jobs pre- the leash is pretty long there. So when mm-hmm. you when you can look at a situation, go Wow, the leash is the leash is pretty long there. Like, sure, the leash can get burned, um, and eventually it's time to look ahead. So the one thing I will say is, if you are wanting to spec, also uh, in um, like my Fab article, when speculating for that next closer, get a week ahead or a week a uh, two weeks ahead on that. If if you notice. Your team's pretty stout and you're not having to churn and burn too much. You're not cutting two to three guys a week or even more. Um, And it's just like, ah, who can I cut this week? Well, maybe somebody. And it's just one guy. Take a shot on, let's say, Aaron Bummer. Throw him in the fucking hopper for a buck. You add him. And what happens, you know, knock on wood, um, Liam Hendricks gets hurt come on down Aaron bummer. And, you know, maybe, or, you know, Garrett crochet is another example, right. right. Um, it's hard. You know, it, there's probably a better example to use if there's somebody that's like the next guy. Um,
0: now how and, many, how many guys on your roster in a main event would you have to like burn and churn? Like how many, how many roster spots are like expendable to you like
1: on a weekly basis? All of them, uh, all of them outside of the the draft capital of like the top <laughs> 10 picks. Really? Uh, if, Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's pull up. Let's, uh, see, I don't have be, let's just try to remember team.
0: our draft board. Like a guy, but like,
1: like um, yeah. Let's even say I took in the eleventh round, Austin Riley. I think, Um, yeah. and I'm very high on him. He's actually the player I own the most shares of. I have Ooh, him in. I, lo- I love uh, hearing about that kind of stuff.
0: I love hearing. Yeah. I love seeing people's uh, share share ownership.
1: Yeah, so he's my highest. It's actually by himself too, and it's eighty uh, percent. So. Pope. Um I'm very high on him. How many uh, leagues Austin have you Riley? That is. Uh I'm in 12 or 13 now.
0: It's a lot of Austin Riley. The,
1: the data has not ran yet. So I think this this information might only be on 10 leagues. So I have them on eight of 10 um, that have currently been baked in here. So uh definitely may possibly the highest guy on Austin Riley if we if we really looked at how early I've taken him. Uh but just using him as an example, we've seen highs. We've seen real big highs. We've seen extreme lows. Um, and then now we're starting to see him creep back up into what we want to project for that high, right? The contact rate going up, walk rate going up, strikeout rate going down. Little things like that when you see some high pedigree masher like him, those are just the easy, quick, simple old man um skills that we like to see, right? So he's trending in the right direction. we like to say, so let's say all that's we're hoping is true, or at least I'm hoping true. Well, let's just fuck. Let's say he dips back to, you know, the bad Austin Riley that we started to see in the majors when the, you know, major league pitching started to adjust to him and the strikeout right now is back to 36%. Uh, and you know, things are just, they're, they're bad um, and, and things were bad for him and he's not usable. I'll fucking cut him. I I won't, I'm not going to wait around all year to just, I drafted him in the 11th round. Austin Riley, man, Austin Riley's going to come around. Look what I was projecting. Look what I was projecting. It'll happen. It'll happen. No, it's obviously not happening. So you got to be realistic with yourself. Uh, Josh bell 10th round, come on down. I think that the new team context, I think that the ballpark uh, is being massively overlooked, especially for left-handed power Uh, hitting now. (laughs) Okay. So Josh Bell, Kevin Newman, Adam Frazier, Brian Reynolds. I don't even know who else it was. uh, And the team last year in a shortened season, knowing just absolutely knowing they stood zero chance. I understand things can go wrong. And especially in a 60 game season, it went wrong for Josh Bell but we did see some corrections made from Josh Bell and there was a pedigree from Josh Bell and we have seen we have seen a skill set that he had owned for longer than a 60 game season that we saw last year so if you want to talk about the 2019 first half compared to the second half of 2019 you know whatever now let's put Josh Bell hitting behind Trey Turner and Juan Soto and having a right field a park factor with so much oh man it's so much better it's so much better and people like really are uh benign to the fact that the uh the home run park factor for you know Washington in at when they're playing at home in right field is it's quite optimal i think just looking at a couple of things like that um i'm in obviously i'm buying them ninth round tenth round gimme but Let's say it's second half, Josh Bell, and I'm seeing that for quite a while—four weeks, six weeks, seven weeks. You're done. You're gone. I'm cutting you. So, to answer, long story short, Zach, to answer your uh, question, fuck, tenth round on. I, it's, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you can't just dead weight, dude. You can't. Those are extreme. Those are extreme examples. But I wanted to give you extreme examples because about injuries. Like what, like last year. Oh, like I was, don't, I don't hold, I can hold, like, let's say, let's say let for our team. Exactly. Uh, Alex Bregman, he's got a hammy, right? He hasn't really ramped things up yet. Okay. I'm holding, I'm holding, I'm holding. Uh, yeah. Um, but then, but then let's say, um, was last year sort to,
0: of, my question is, was last year sort of like a weird season because it was so short, you couldn't really hold. Absolutely.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Even last year was even more of an extreme because I, you know, you want to take a DFS perspective uh, because you can kind of uh, you can put a micro, you know, a micro perspective on you know your team. it's almost like a DFS, like week to week. You only, you, usually we're doing 26 weeks, whereas there you're doing, what was it? 13, 14, 15 weeks. Um, yeah. It's pedal to the metal there. Um, there's going to be players like Scott Jenstad who have come out and said, and he's a great men event player he, you know, struggled. He, he's a grinder. He he's going to, he's going to burn you out. He's going to tire you out. It's a boxing match to him. He's going to, you know, finagle you and fab and know how to set his lineups more better, more times than not than you are. And Mm. the less opportunities there are to do that, uh, the harder it is for players to uh, be prepared for a marathon. We're used to a marathon. Baseball is a marathon. And I want to box in a marathon. I don't, I don't want to jump out of the gate uh, usually. But even in a marathon, you got to be ready to cut bait. You cannot also, like if you had Bregman and somebody else, like yeah, it's you're going to get pushed against the wall really soon. And you're going to need to know when to cut bait. And you're going to have to cut bait, unfortunately, with somebody. Um, you cannot hold multiple injured players, in my opinion. You just can't. Or you're done. You're cooked.
0: Last year, one of my, I think my, um, I played one OC last year. I I had drafted Ozzy Albie's, Bo Bichette, and Glaber Torres, so I had um, two of my shortstops, both my short both my starting shortstops. Yeah, middle and, infield, and, and <laughs> middle. I was done. Like like that was my one OC right. My first my really my first year playing the main event, no not the main event. Sorry, first year playing OC NFBC. Those are my guys in this short season. So what do I do? Like I like being being in the NFBC for the first time. I held them. Was I wrong to hold them, like all of them? Like I I just couldn't see myself letting go of them.
1: Well, the answer is um, what you said. Um, Yes, you should have cut bait because how did you do? Uh, I don't know. I think I got like fifth
0: place or something. Like despite that, I think I still got fifth place.
1: Okay, I don't don't remember exactly. And and how and the people that were weighing you down as an anchor that you held on to. How much of a contributor were they on those team on that team?
0: Probably not, not much in the grand scheme okay. of things. Like so they, if they, they you would have grabbed
1: like if you would have hit, not even hit like somebody that like just just skyrocketed and was like, wow, guy. Um, but let's say you streamed per week, matchup based, or you know, paid a little bit more in fab. So not just a streaming fab price, but like let's say 25, 50 bucks, even a hundred. And had those guys contribute or replacement value guys, and they, you know, were able to give you more volume and numbers. Then where do you finish? Are you end up cashing? Maybe, perhaps. And so that's, that's, yeah. So that's like that's my point is you gotta just you gotta snip them in the bud, man. You gotta fucking let them go. And then and and, and on the ver- reverse side, <laughs> grab that net and catch that beautiful butterfly, my man. There's people in Fab, fifteen teams, twelve teams fuck it's plentiful especially especially now that I think about it uh, light just went on especially in a 12 team like you said as an OC yeah that pull is so much deeper you probably definitely should have uh just gotten rid of whomever yeah, it was I don't
0: I it's hard to remember now because um I like at the time like I think those injuries were not like as certain with like Bichette's back like I'm trying I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember but um it's hard Like you you didn't know like how long they were going to be out for. So it's hard to like cut bait on them. Yeah. I'm looking at my team right now. So anyways, I finished in this league. Okay. I was hanging around for longer than I expected, but my final finish was seventh in this league. Um, But um, my second round pick was Ozzie Albies. My third round pick was Glaber Torres. My fifth round pick was Bo Bichette. Um, Yes. That was, that was difficult
1: to, to, to come back from. Right. And I, I think I,
0: was, I, I thought now, it
1: was now like, when Bo, when Bo got hurt and missed X amount of days on the IL, you just held him. I held them all my final roster. And he ended up doing nothing from then on. Right. Uh, I'm I don't pretty remember. Certain. I, I, I don't, think it was, I don't remember exactly. That was almost. So that was almost a third of the season. Right. Yeah. So like, I, I yeah, I did, like, but right. in a full season, do you do that? Like I'm, like, I'm trying
0: to, like, I'm trying to, like, right. They, so the leash,
1: the leash needs to get longer, of course. Right. Because there's the longevity. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. We're not jumping out of the gate. Um, But there's going to come a point where you're going to have to be honest and look yourself in the mirror. Like man, you know? I should have, I should have won this league, man. Like fuck. Oh, there you fucking go. If you were churning and burning and streaming and it, you know, I mean, maybe you would have. He missed twenty eight IL days. He missed half the fucking yeah, half season, the season last year, dude. Like man, like ah, yeah, gotta go. But but I mean, and I don't remember. But what were the reports on the springy? Was it like he's day to day? Is he week to week? Is he two weeks? Like. We don't, I don't remember to be honest with you, but those are things too, that you've got to also bake in like were they, was it, was it bullshit? Did you feel bullshit every time a beat reporter out of Toronto was saying something or Buffalo or whatever was saying something about Bo or was it like, we're uncertain, we're uncertain. Um, And if it was, we're uncertain, we're uncertain. Then it's like, yeah, fuck that. I got to go. Bye. I I don't know whatever lesson you'll learn. You're getting better. You're dude. And you know what? You're the big, you're the biggest sponge in the industry right now. And that's a huge compliment to be giving because you want to learn. You want to adapt. You're wanting to get better and you're going to, it's inevitable this year. You're going to be better than you were last year. As long as you continue to trust your research and do grind and to, you know, you're going to dude fab is a whole puzzle on its own. And yep. the more you do that, the better you're going to get. And, uh,
0: and this yeah, is my one like see. See. I'm looking yeah. back at it. I didn't make any, I didn't make any tactical errors in this draft. Um, but it's just the way, the way things felt. It was tough. It was a tough first season to be in the NFBC with the short season. Um, and, and yeah, hit by those type of injuries.
1: It also goes to show you though, uh, draft, you could draft the stone cold nuts. Um, uh, and if it's not a draft and hold or a best ball or whatever, there's still, there's still two thirds of the game to be played. And especially in a marathon, uh, not a sprint, you have fab for 26 weeks, not 12 or whatever it was. And then you have, you have to set those, those hitters twice a week. You have to set those pitchers once a week for 26 weeks and people get complacent. Sometimes people forget there's early day games on Monday. People get fucked over from that. There's a lot of tiny, tiny, tiny components that go into being successful. And if you're able to tighten and be aware and cognizant of every single one of those little timeframes, you'll be all right. Right on.
0: So we talked about the, uh, we were talking about the DCs a little bit, and you said you're probably not going to get into many more, if, if any. Um, so you obviously wouldn't mind sharing some of your post 500 round sleepers in these, in these DCs. So who are, who are the guys that are going super late that you think can really pay off?
1: I'm going to give you that. But after that, I've got to go, my man, I've got to, uh, I got to put the baby down and say goodbye to you, but this will not be the last time that cheers. we, we talk cheers. So, um, I'm just going to pull up. So, Oh, this is only over the last two weeks. So this is actually fresh. I'm going to make it tougher on myself because uh, usually I pull up the, I pull up a full month, which is going to be more lenient because these drafts are slow drafts for the most part, and it's 50 rounds, so it takes some time. But I'm going to go down from the last two weeks. Scott Oberg, I think that he could get a piece of the saves pie, if not the majority of the saves pie, for the Colorado Rockies. So he is somebody that I'm looking to take a shot at in possibly a main event in the last round. Um Scrolling down, Tanner Scott, we mentioned as another person in a similar boat as Scott Oberg, somebody that I think can get a piece of the saves pie, if not take over the role when that time comes, if something happens to Hunter uh, Hunter Harvey, I'm sorry, um, or if things just don't go wrong. You know, there's somebody, uh, I, I guess I am going to name him anyways, Antonio Sensatella. I don't know what it is with me and Rocky's <laughs> pitchers. I used to have a thing for John Gray as well. I think I'm maybe... Uh, pivoting my ship here to Sensatella, he's got a nasty slider. I think he's got stuff that plays, especially on the road. If you're not, if you're in a D.C. and you are taking a shot this late, it, you're not pressed to start this guy every week. So if you're able to just cruise with him on the road, I think Antonio Sensatella is a fantastic starting pitcher option to use on the road. I truly, truly believe that. I will be putting my money to my mouth uh, on that when it comes to DFS. Anytime he is on the road, he's going to be super cheap. Um, I'll look to gobble him up anytime that he is pitching on the road. And um, let's give you one more here. I don't want to go with another reliever. I think that's a that's a cop out. I give you a couple of those. Uh, man, this is a cop out as well. Luis Garcia, Houston Astros. I'm a cop the I don't. I don't ball. find that a cop. Okay. Okay. So
0: no, man, if, he went like uh, 300 and something in one of my recent. Um, like he was either a DC or best ball or something like that. So he's moving okay. up.
1: Okay. Uh, one more. Uh, I'll give you a hitter, uh, even though he's a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, Odubel Herrera. Yeah. He used to, he used to be, yeah, he's being a topic right now, you know, maybe fighting f- with Scott King to be the starting center fielder. Uh, I hope they don't use him at all, but if, if that's an, if, if they do decide to give him the burn, they do need more left-handed bats in that lineup. He has shown flashes of success in the past. That's that's not the worst shot you could take. It pick five ninety five or whatever his ADP is. I mean, this is five hundred and ninety
0: five. I, I, well, I he was off my radar for a while, but I think he just had on, on a a hundred and eleven mile an hour um, batted ball event um, in spring.
1: Yeah, field. he and he used to be known as the bull dude, El Toro. Uh, yeah, he had some swag. Yeah, he had some swag, dude. Old doobie. uh tell a piece of shit you know whatever Yeah, mother, mother has something. I don't want to get into that, but yeah. Oh, and then one, one more, I, 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 you know what? One more. I'll take one more lazy approach here. Just, just in case people aren't up to par with, you know, Twitter and whatever. But if you are listening to this, another guy that you should definitely take a shot on is Josh Rojas. Uh, he's second base eligible. Could potentially get some outfield eligibility for the Arizona Diamondbacks. It looks like he's leading off a lot of the time right now with Cole Calhoun's injury. Sounds like Tim LaCastro might end up being the the speedster off the bench. So uh, Josh Rojas, uh, that would be another guy for me. So there you go. It's not, it's not, you know, and you know what? You got a lot of guests that come on like Mike the Mouth. Shout out to my boy, (laughs) your boy, Mike Masato. If you're not (laughs) following him, I'll do that for him anyways. Please, please, people just just fucking follow the guy at godfather nfpc but uh n- now that i've been nice to him uh you know i notice y- you get people that don't want to talk that much about giving you some some of the info uh, same with rob de petro he has some amazing guests come on hall of famers uh you know and far and few between but some people don't want to give out give out give out the names like what the fuck come on what
0: what, what Ge- with Ge- gecko didn't want to give any names okay you listen to that one? That was a great. No, episode. no, that it's was-
1: not that. It, it, you could just. You, it was a great episode, both of those, and then with John Posma, Doug Gruber. But then you get you get one hot take from Doug Gruber, and it's fucking Carlos Santana. Like, come on, guy. Like, like, let's <laughs> let's let's open up a little bit. Like, I get it. You're not on social media all day, and even and even uh, Mark cerebro, Hall of Famer, at Gecko Industries, follow him as well. He said, "I'm not gonna. I'm not like Matt Modica." Uh, At CTM baseball, I'm not going to post my draft board and say, look what I'm doing. Look at my player shares. Like I just told you, I have 80% Austin Riley. Do you think I want him in my fucking high stakes? You goddamn right. I do. But guess what? I'm going to fucking tell you that. And then I'm going to hit you in the mouth. And then I'm going to go out and try and win my main event league or whatever high stakes league I'm doing. That's, what I, that's, love about you. that's what I love about
0: you and Vlad and Matt Modica. You guys pull your. Vladdy pants, too. You pull yeah. your pants down, you fucking show your ass to everyone and you say, you know, fucking still beat me.
1: That's right. So, and I, and I'm, I will be in high stakes drafts and I am honest and true. And you'll find my work at FTN fantasy baseball and all of my work is there and it's honest and I'm drafting with what you're seeing. So um, if I have confidence in it, you should too. Um, and, and, you know, at, at least just take a look over there. I, I think that you, uh, you'll like what you see. So, uh, so a do good time. You, let's do this again.
0: I don't tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter? And then, um, I guess you've, you've plugged the F work. I, 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 yeah. I, stand, I stand by it. I, I think, I think it was excellent work. I would recommend it to anyone. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to subscribe this year. Um, uh, like I said, and, um, where do you? Where I know um, underscore Maddie Wood underscore is that what it is?
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, apologies for the underscores. Uh, there's some uh, uh, you should, Australian. You should, you should be sorry for those. Yeah, that you know. I try. I tried to uh, you know buy the dude out that has just Maddie Wood. I'm gonna find um, that guy right now. I found him. Uh, I reached out to him. He didn't want to sell. He didn't want to negotiate. What were he you offering? Want like, were to do were with
0: you, it? you offering like Ricky Henderson uh, money for like his number? No, 24? no, no. He's
1: not. He's not. He's not a baseball guy. He's from Australia and he's a school teacher. So, uh, um, it 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 wasn't appealing to him. And uh, his name's Matthew Wood, actually. So if you do not know, my he's name le- he's is not. Lex-
0: he's a lecturer in social. Yes, psychology. There he and is. Psychology and he's a puppeteer in Australia. He's a puppeteer. Yeah, so- He's that's got 430 right. followers, so he looks like a good
1: guy. He's probably got a fucking Matty Wood puppeteer that's just mocking me right now. <laughs> um, no, he, he was very kind, actually, um, and he was he was friendly enough to uh, politely decline. But anyways, <laughs> uh, if you don't know, my real name is Matthew Davis, but you can follow me uh, on Twitter at underscore Mattywood underscore. And if you do not know why people... Call me Maddie Wood. I got the name in college. It is named after Manny Wood and Hollywood. So when Manny Ramirez was traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers, left field pavilion and the bleacher seats became Manny Wood. He started this whole new wave out in Los Angeles and Southern California. And uh, shortly after, fortunately, I had a name similar and close enough to Manny Wood to be started started to be called Maddie Wood. So uh, I stuck with it and it's been over a decade that I've been called that from close friends and now people on Twitter and in the NFBC industry. So yeah, that's uh, a little history behind the name Maddie Wood.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thanks again for coming on. Thanks again for reviewing the the tag team draft. Thanks for putting it on. And um, we'll chat again soon.
1: Yes, we definitely will. And uh, thank you so much again for having me on, Zach. And I hope that we get to hang out sooner than later. And I'm banking on us hanging out in Vegas in Las, uh, in Las Vegas in 2022. So uh, yeah, put, put in, that put in, on your calendar. Put in
0: your, put in your fucking calendar, buddy. We're going to do All right. it. All right. it. All, All right. I love it.
1: All right, my man. All, All right. Nice. Thank you so much, Zach. Have a good evening, brother. Yeah, you too. Bye.
2: starts for us. And here we are still fapping for our lives. Watching all of history repeat itself time after time. I'm just a stream. The streamer who streams the Robbie Rays. I watch Sack go down to Columbus. I'm seeing that mice just got reassigned. The stream You stop. only we could clone Bowers' identity It would be nice if we could trust a ground When will Brady, Singer, Yates and Flaherty be done? I'm just a streamer. Just a stream.